Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unrefined Women. I am your co-host, Agnes, and this podcast is an ongoing dialogue between two sisters on the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, mental health, family dynamics, and feminism. This episode is just Agnes today. Um, I'm actually pre-recording this episode because I don't know when this episode will be released, but I was just feeling really inspired. Um, For whatever reason, I always like to give out the day that I'm recording because I feel like it's kind of relevant because sometimes we pre-record our episodes and then post them later on. Um, Excuse the grunting noise from my dog right now because I'm petting him and he's just... (laughs) having the best time of his life. Um, So um, nonetheless, I wanted to preface that that was my dog. (laughs) Anyways, thank you. (laughs) Gucci. (laughs) Okay. He doesn't deserve any more pets because he's making loud noises. Anyways, I want to preface preface that today's episode is being recorded on December 24th of 2022, and that is Christmas Eve. Um, I feel like I, I wanted to share this because this weekend, well, this whole month of December has been absolutely insane. Um, and then same thing with the month of January. I know that it's going to be absolutely insane. I have a trip planned. Um, I have, uh, I turned 21 in a couple days. I have a lot going on. So I have kind of booked the weekend of Christmas to literally do nothing except for things that I want to do. Um, I, first of all, let's just start with my day. My day started with me going to urgent care because surprise, surprise, I have a very infected nose piercing (laughs) and it's on the side of my nose and not to go off on a tangent or anything, but my body reacts really badly to piercings. Now, I keep getting them because I keep gaslighting myself into thinking that I am not just like my body does not try to just like reject anything foreign. Um, So I get them and think that everything's fine. And then a couple months go by and I'm like, wow, my piercing's healed. And then I stop treating it or putting the topical solution and then things go south. I've had this for a lot of my piercings. The only piercing that I never had this issue with was my septum piercing, which surprisingly I have like it hurt really badly the first couple of days. And then it was literally perfectly fine. I honestly mostly have it kind of stuffed back into my nose because it's easy to hide. Um, just because I work at, I work in a professional environment and no one gives a shit about, you know, piercings or tattoos or anything like that. Um, but sometimes when we have clients come in, I just prefer to have my pierce or my septum piercing tucked away just cause like, I like, I don't know, just my personal preference. Um, but I have two piercings on both sides of my nose, like on the outside layer or outside looking out <laughs> from my nose. You get what I'm saying? Anyways, one of them got really infected and I'm not going to go into the details, but this morning I ended up going to urgent care because I was like, what I'm doing is simply not working. And I've had this infection for over a month and I know that I need an antibiotic, but I don't want to get like an over over the counter cream because I've just heard horror stories from all the intensive Googling where they tell me that I'm going to die from whatever. Because, <laughs> um, you know, 
you're never supposed to Google your symptoms because they will, it will tell you that you have cancer and you're going to die. Um, but I just wanted to trust a professional. So I spent my morning at urgent care, got prescribed an antibiotic. Um, and yes, guys, I am taking a probiotic with my antibiotic. So don't worry. I made that mistake last time. <laughs> Will not be making that mistake again, especially as a woman. <laughs> you get it. If you know, you know. Um, so then after that, I felt like I was running all over the place, just running errands, getting my prescription. I had to go to the grocery store. I had to uh, we end, I ended up going to the mall because I had to go uh, make some returns. I had to do a couple things. So my day went by really quickly. Um, and then I went home and then I ended up watching Love Actually, which is my favorite Christmas movie in the entire world. Absolutely nothing tops Love Actually. I remember watching that movie when I was really young and just thinking, that is it. That is my movie that I'm watching every single year. I don't think that there has been a year where I have not watched Love Actually. This time around, I've literally seen it so many times that while watching it, I'm just kind of like zoned out. But still, it's the energy, it's the vibe, just sitting down, drinking some wine, um, eating dinner, and just watching Love Actually. It was really nice. And then I excessively deep cleaned my house because that's what you do at seven o'clock on a holiday when you have... um, anxiety and you can't relax. So anyways, I don't know why I'm going into detail about my day, but I just wanted to share that it's good to just kind of take a couple days off and spend a week, even though it's Christmas. A lot of people are like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that you're spending Christmas just at your house. Like you're not going to see family. And I'm like, you know what guys, I already saw my family. I've already celebrated Christmas with my family. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this weekend doing whatever the hell I want and spending time at home because I work so much. I'm always gone. Um, Anyways, you guys get the gist. I just wanted to talk about that for a second. Anyways, um, along with this day, I started listening to a lot of podcast episodes. Um, I first started listening to Ava Jules on my mind podcast. Love Ava Jules. I've been watching her YouTube since high school days. Very, very long time. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like Emma Chamberlain and Ellie Thuman and Ava Jules and all those people. I've been watching them since like they were all little kids. I was a little kid. So it's really cool to see these people grow up and just start their own journey. And um, along with that, Ava Jules had started her own podcast, which I've recently been super addicted to. And then along with that, I've been listening to You're So Introverted by Lucy Boyland, who we've had on the podcast twice. And I am also addicted to her podcast. Um, And then I listened to her most recent episode, which is a reflection on 2022. And I just felt so inspired by everything that she had to say. And so it kind of inspired me to record this episode. And then right after her episode, Emma Chamberlain's podcast started playing. And I was like, I need to record a solo episode right now while I'm feeling inspired. And um, from Lucy's episode in You're So Introverted, I was listening to Looking Back on 2022. Um, And in this episode, I just felt like everything that she was saying was so just like relaxed and she really just thought out everything that she was saying in such a casual way and I kind of miss having that with the podcast I feel like our last like this season of our podcast or you know this this year has been a lot of more I'm not gonna say cut and paste because we're definitely not a cut and paste 
um, podcast, but more of like uh, w- planned, you know, we really want to give quality content. And that is a very important value for us, you know, Margaret and I and Unrefined Women podcast to give people content that they that we feel like is worthy of them spending their time listening to. And obviously not every episode is going to appeal to certain people. That's totally fine with some, you know, a lot of uh, podcast creators. I don't listen to every single one of their episodes because, you know, sometimes I read the title or get halfway through and I'm like, this one doesn't interest me as much, but, you know, maybe the next one does or um, the one before that did. So, Uh, I don't know where I'm really going, but I wanted to kind of have a chill sit down and talk about something that's been on my mind the past couple of days. It kind of more passionately, it's always been on my mind, um, but it's education. And I am trying to remember from all of our uh, over 50 episodes, if I've ever had an episode where I literally solely talked about education. I know that we, Margaret and I have talked about educational trauma. Uh, we've, da- you know, dabbled into that, but I feel it's been over a year, I, at least I feel like since I've recorded an episode talking about my educational journey. And my educational journey is kind of like an ebb and flow for me because I go through seasons where I'm super invested in my education and then other times where I'm just getting my assignments out. I'm just doing what I need to do and not as focused on it. Um, And my grades don't like take a hit per se. Um, But, you know, when I am super into my grades, I usually get like A's. Um, And then when I'm like kind of not as focused and just trying to get the assignments out, then my grades are more so B's, which I'm more than happy that I have B's in my class like that. I'm totally fine with that. Um, But obviously, um, investing in an education, both financially um, and then time-wise and energy and everything, you want to make sure that you're getting like as much as you can out of an education. I don't want to get my degree and reflect back and be like, wow, I never read my textbook or wow, I really didn't pay attention to any of my assignments or um, I wish I read more articles based on this or, you know, obviously I feel like when people get their degrees, I think it's inevitable for people to have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Um, Just feel like, holy shit, I have a degree in this and I feel like I still don't know anything about it. Um, which I will go into more. So um, just a little recap of my educational journey. I started college. Oh, now I have to go back. Um, And I in about fall time of 2021. So as of me recording this, it's been about a year and a half. Um, I'm currently in my fourth semester altogether. Um, I'm officially done with my general education requirements. And I am about a semester and a half into taking my uh, electives along with my major required classes. Um, And then my also my concentration required classes, which is more specific to the program I'm studying. So it's kind of like the same thing as major required. Um, So I have been feeling a little less dedicated to it. I feel like in the last couple months, because I moved. Um, I'm not sure. I, I feel like I, I have mentioned this. I, I did move um, 
back in the spring or not the spring, sorry, the fall. Oh my God. I'm like all over the place. It's too late. (laughs) Um, so I, back in the fall, I moved and along with this were a lot of changes. My commute to work got a little bit longer and then I got promoted at work and I had just a lot going on. And then the holidays quickly came up and things just got really crazy. So I'm kind of in a point in my life right now where I'm not as into my studies as I once was, I guess, in the beginning of the last semester or um, the end of the semester before. So I feel a little bit of guilt about that. Um, But I think that's just kind of the process of education. Um, And then along with kind of this period of my life right now has been the conversation of graduate school. So I have always kind of known that graduate school was an option, but more so something that I would more than likely end up doing depending on where I was in life. And if at that time I felt the need to, or I felt inspired to, or I was able to afford it, or I was able to, you know, know, like the ducks were in the row and I'm not going to put pressure on myself, you know, telling myself like I have to go to grad school because I am not one of those people. I am very much of a short-term person or short-term goal person long-term goals can be very overwhelming for me because I feel like my life has just been a lot of unknowns. So when I like tell myself several years from now, you need to reach this goal, that is extremely overwhelming for me because I'm constantly on the go. I move all the time. Um, I'm constantly just go, go, go. So it's very overwhelming for me to do that. So I feel like I'm all over the place. Um, but I did take a gap year. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this in the past, but when I graduated high school um, in a around, uh, I, w- I think it was the springtime of 20 or 2019. Yeah. I graduated high school in 2019 and I had no idea what to do with my life. The, sc- the high school that I went to gave me absolutely no prep in what to do for college, how to go to college, how do you apply for financial aid, how to do any of this shit. I had no freaking idea. I didn't know what I wanted to study. So I was like, why even bother? I might as well just take some time to figure it out. And that is what I did. And I just kind of want to, I wanted to mention this because I feel like so many people say a lot of bad shit about taking a gap year. And when I was in high school and I would see other people take gap years, immediately I would judge them and not in like a harsh way where I would like be talking shit, but just it sends like that, that natural red flag in your mind where you're like, Oh, I wonder if they ever actually will go because of statistics. We're always t- told don't stop. Don't take a gap year because you might not ever go back to school if that's what happens, or you might get in a rut or it might be more difficult or you're going to graduate late or you're going to regret it. So, or another thing is you're going to fall into a depression. So I didn't end up taking a gap year. I'm not going to say that it was a wonderful time. (laughs) Um, I didn't even call it a gap year because even at that point, I didn't even really think that I would end up going to college anyway, because I literally had no idea. 
I had no structure. I had no guidance when it came to college. It was just like complete free range, something I had to completely figure out myself. And that was really overwhelming for me. And it was just one of those things where I put on the back burner, even though secretly it was something that I knew that I wanted because ever since I was younger, I was just, I've always had that mentality. And I'm, I think Margaret's a little bit of this way and this is kind of what we've been deconstructing. Um, but this feeling of like, I need to have my shit together. I need to be self-sufficient. I need to be able to support myself because both of us are from a family where my mother was a victim to abuse. And we saw how being a stay-at-home mother for 27 years, not having proper or you know like a an education higher than I think like an associate's degree or in not working for 27 years and how that affects your life once you come out of an abusive relationship or just out of that situation and so we at least for me always said I will never be in that situation I want to be educated I want to have a nice job I want to be able to fall back on something because you never know what kind of situation I can be in. And I have way too much pride, way too much ego to let myself be in a position where I'm completely dependent on someone else. Being dependent on other people is a really hard thing for me. So that's kind of why I initially pursued education. Um, It was a lot of trauma, <laughs> like motivating me. I'm not going to say it's definitely not a bad thing. Um, you know, it could be a bad thing, but I've gotten thus far. So I'm not going to complain. Um, but I did end up figuring it out. Thank God. Uh, and especially grateful for my sister-in-law Cassidy, who was the whole, per, you know, the person behind the scenes. She was already, you know, a couple semesters in her education. And I was like, what are you doing? how can I do the same thing? And she literally taught me how to apply to universities, um, how to apply for financial aid, how to do all these things, how to fit it into your schedule. Um, For me at that point, I knew that I had to do it all in line. I couldn't just go to campus because, you know, I was already an, an, an adult. I was adulting. I needed to pay bills. I didn't have the luxury of just being able to like go to college and focus on my education. So that's when I, um, decided and signed up for an online college. Um, so, and I'm more than, I lo- I am more than happy with the university that I chose. It has really served me in the sense that um, I can take classes based on my own schedule. It's not set up in the traditional sense. Um, you know, semester starts in August and it goes until the end, of, you know, beginning of December and then it starts up again in January. So just a little like, I guess, to explain it, the way that my school set up is a semester is uh, four months, so 16 weeks, and each you take two classes out of it at a time. So you start two classes and each class is three credit hours. So a full semester is about 12 credit hours unless you take more. Um, but normally, I mean, with my schedule, it's completely impossible for me to take more than what I'm already doing. Um, so I'll start two classes in the beginning, the first Monday of a month and 
two months later, I finish those classes and then I start two more. And once I finish those two and I've completed four, that's the end of my semester. And then I can move on. Um, I can take a couple months off. I can take a month off. I can kind of structure it to how I like based on my schedule. So I just like to keep my schedule kind of similar to my peers, uh, my coworkers, take the summer off, do it in the winter. Um, in that sort of concept. However, I'm taking uh, from my peers, a lot of my peers at, you know, at work, they go to Arizona State University um, or interns that I work with and uh, they work, uh, they take 15 credit hours. So I, I am taking less, but I'm still full time. So just to clarify that. Um, so back to graduate school, I am so sorry if you were completely lost. Uh, this is just me kind of rambling about my education. Um, so I, when I chose to uh, go to college, I did a bunch of research. I spent days, weeks pondering and stressing over what the fuck I was going to study. Because even at that point, when I decided I wanted to, you know, bite the bullet and go to school, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And there was a couple things that I was interested in. Um, I can't even really remember. I think at one point I looked into finance just because I was just like, well, you know, I could just work at a bank <laughs> or I like looked into psychology, but then I was like, it was a little too sciencey for me. I'm not a math or science person. Um, I thought of like some other stuff, but I was like, it's not like a guarantee. I, I hate to say like, it's not a guaranteed, um, wage, I guess you could say a salary or good paying salary, which I hate to say. Um, but I just wanted something that was kind of like in the middle, like something that's not too intense, like it or engineering. That's a little too much for me, but I didn't also didn't want to study like anthropology or sociology, which I think are fucking dope. If you study that, that is really cool. I've taken tons of classes like that. Um, and they're super interesting, but I just wanted something kind of in the middle. And after doing tons of research, I ended up discovering political science and I was like, aha, you were meant for me. You're going home with me. <laughs> so I ended up um, enrolling in the political science program at the school that I'm currently attending, which is all online. And with political science programs, every school is different and they offer different concent concentrations, um, which is kind of similar to a minor but it's kind of like subfields, I guess you can say. So within political science, because politics is such a very wide range of, you know, of a study, um, you kind of have a different direction of like what area of political science you kind of want to tap into. And I know the school that I go to, they gave the option of international relations, American government and political theory slash political philosophy, which is more like studying philosophy and all that. So I kind of pondered this for a while and then officially decided on political theory slash philosophy um, just because I've always been interested in philosophy and, and theory and all of that. I felt like international relations was a little too intense for me. There's a lot that goes into that. The name sounds kind of scary. Um, and then American government sounded too like history class for me. Um, so which is interesting because now I'm at a point where I have taken philosophy, political philosophy classes. I've taken international relation, international relation classes. I've taken American government classes. And to me, they're all equally enjoyable. 
So I'm kind of at a weird point where like I might change my concentration at some point, but and I'm going to get to this, it honestly doesn't really matter because depending on what I do for grad school, because I know that with political science degrees, I'm not just going to graduate with my bachelor's and be like, oh, I'm going to go get a job and work on a campaign and do this and that and make tons of money. It's not that sort of thing. If you go into into IT or engineering, then yes, that may, there's a high demand for that, but there's not a very high demand for political scientists, which is something that I absolutely knew going into the degree. Some people like to point it out and I'm like, yeah, I know I did my research. I'm not trying to become a millionaire or, you know, be set by age 30 with the degree I chose. Um, So I kind of knew that going to grad school was going to be what set me for like a good career and the options that I've kind of, I know that other people might have more options and I would love to hear what other people have to say about what they think or have heard other people doing with their political science degrees, um, either, uh, their bachelor's degree within itself or what they did for grad school because I would love to hear different options but for me it was either get my PhD in political science or something related to political science like international relations or public administration or get my master's degree in the similar thing so PhD or master's PhD is a lot more intense I won't go into that because I don't even truly understand what that would require of me it sounds terrifying but I am very much of an overachiever Um, and then the third option I presented to myself and have actually been the most weary of is going to law school I've never really said that out loud on the podcast or to anybody other than my direct family or my coworkers because law school is like, is terrifying. It sounds so scary because we can think back to like, what's that movie called? Legally Blonde, Legally Blonde. And how smart you have to be. I'm First of all, she goes to Harvard. I think it's Harvard. And that's different. Well, I'm not go, I'm not planning on going to Yale or Harvard or anything like that. More than likely, I would end up going if if I went to law school, I would more than likely be going to um, like Arizona State University more than likely. Um, but assuming that I stay in the state of Arizona, which is the state that I currently live in because I like to bounce around states. Um so I don't know. I feel like it's something that I actually thought about doing when I was younger, like back when I was like in high school, I had this weird thought in my head where I'm like, what if I became a fucking lawyer? <laughs> and then um, I had kind of seen, you know, one of my family members was going through a divorce and we were talking about lawyers a lot, just, you know, family law lawyers. And I was like, fuck this. I should just become a lawyer. And like, I can't remember. It was like a conversation that I was having, but like, it's just ironic how like as time goes on and now I work at a law firm and now I work with lawyers and I have conversations with lawyers every day. Um, and I'm around people who have actively gone through law school, passed the bar and are now successful lawyers practicing attorneys and then also working with people who are in law school so we have a lot of interns and just seeing them 
do this thing. It's just like, holy shit, that could be me. The only thing that is truly stopping me, and I will be honest because and I'm and a lot of people that I talk to about this, they're like, don't let this stop you. You need to be more positive. I am being realistic, <laughs> not to be a pessimist, but I it it is scary to have to pass the LSAT, which is like if you don't know, it's like the ACT or SAT of law school you pretty much like have to take it in order for you to get accepted that the grade of your LSAT is like what you present to the school or the law school of like here's how smart I am and then they determine based off that um obviously there are other factors but that's kind of like the main thing that you have to do and the LSAT I've heard some people say like oh the LSAT was a piece of of cake and whatever who cares about the LSAT it's just stupid standardized testing and then other people are like um yeah I took the LSAT several times and every single time I literally could not sleep and cried and it was awful and I failed it the first couple of times and I barely got a good grade on like the last time and now I'm just submitting my application to law schools and fingers crossed they like my reference letters and see that before they see the score um so that terrifies me because I am not a book smart person. I'm not a quiz person. I love Quizlet. I use Quizlet. I don't, I'm not good at memorizing things. I didn't really do well in high school because having to focus and like take standardized testing or just like memorizing things and then going into a room where you literally have to memorize, like it asks you, you know what I mean? Like test taking is fucking horrible for me. I'm not good at it. I don't like it. For me, I'm like, I would so much rather write a 10 paper, 20 paper essay, research paper. I would so much rather do that than memorize something and then go into a situation and have to like take a test. You guys get it. I'm not good at it. I don't like it. It gives me anxiety. Um, And the anxiety is like, makes me perform badly. So the thought of going to to like take the LSAT terrifies me. And I know that I have, I'm not even halfway done with the credits that I need to accomplish for my undergrad. So I'm not at the point where I'm like, oh my God, I need to take the LSAT now. But I'm also at the point where I know that I need to start thinking about taking the LSAT. And it's something that I need to start kind of looking into um, if that is the route that I choose to go which has been more and more attractive to me as time goes on and then also just having the amazing support system that I have in my work environment of like people encouraging me and telling me to shut the fuck up every time I tell them my fears about going to law school because they disagree which has been very very helpful for me Um, and one of my good friends at work is actually giving me all of their LSAT books, things, notes, which I was like completely that. Yeah. So, so grateful for that. That's fucking dope that I have that community where they're able to like give that to me because people spend a lot of money on that, you know, like the textbooks and a lot of time to like write all this shit out. And for someone to just be like, here you go. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) thank you. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just like, I don't really know a lot about 
law school in the sense that like I wouldn't even know how I would be able to afford it. Um, more than likely, I'm just gonna be honest, like more than like, I'm, I'm not rich, more than likely, I would have to either get a really fucking good scholarship or grant. Um, or I would have to take out student loans, which is just kind of like the reality. Um, a lot of the people that I have conversations with who have gone to grad school or law school are like, uh, yeah, student loans are just like part of the process. I make my payment every month and it fucking sucks, but it's just a fact of life. So which is like both saddening yet comforting at the same time because then it kind of like brings in the reality of like having debt and especially like student loan debt and just like understanding that I think as a society we have all accepted that we all have student loan debt and eventually most of us are going to accumulate student loan debt and it's not the same as having credit card debt because you you know spend too much money on clothes I don't know like when it comes to that there's a little bit of shame to it I you know from you know experience like you spent a little too much money and you feel guilty about it um your credit cards are I'm getting like way too personal now but like you know everyone's been in situations like that you feel more guilt about it but I have started to understand that student loan debt is just like a fact of life and especially like especially people like me or you if you didn't if you don't have some like a parent to help you through that which if you do that's fucking amazing and go you if you have a parent to help you through college also side note people who judge (laughs) college students because their parents help them through college need to stop because this is like a whole other conversation, man. But basically, I just like growing up in a family where I didn't have any financial support beyond like basic necessities. Um, I literally started from scratch, zero dollars in my bank account and having to grow that as an adult. And I understand how fucking hard is it, hard it is to have to do it yourself, right? I'm making my own tuition payments. That's me doing that. And it fucking sucks. I mean, like, it's doable. But if I sometimes like, I'll even, you know, it can be traumatizing. Or if I have moments where I feel traumatized by my childhood, a lot of it can be rooted back to like the lack of like preparation that, you know, I I love my mom. um, But you know, obviously, there's always going to be drama within your, you know, your relationship with your parents. Um, but I wish that I had more preparation, especially financially. So seeing kids being able to live that and have financial support from their parents, literally don't judge them. They are living their life and they are enjoying being a student. They are enjoying being a young adult. And I just feel like, obviously, as long as they're respectful, I don't know. I just think that's like a whole, like, I think that's fucking dope. If you're like, yeah, my parents paid for my college, like go you (laughs) anyways, total side note. Um, but yeah, law school, I'm not going to say that I'm going to do it. I could take the LSAT and be like, fuck this or not, or even look at the textbooks and just be like, yeah, no, this is not happening. Um, And then also being promoted at work where I'm in a more serious position. Um, I don't want to give too many details because it's still obviously like 
newer and I don't, I haven't like proven myself to myself yet. So I don't want to dab like dabble into that too much, but the position that I was promoted into is a career. People make career people. That is a career for people, you know, um, they retire off of that. And I know that worst case scenario, I get my, not even worst case scenario, like a scenario <laughs> that I could still be happy with is if I get my bachelor's degree in political science and not even use it, but in the sense that like I'm not going to a job interview with my degree and they hire me because of the degree sort of situation, but continue to be on the path that I'm at now and use the skills that I've gained in the workplace to build a career for myself versus, you know, using school as the sole reason why I have a career. Obviously, my education goes way deeper than finding a good job. It goes way deeper than using that piece of paper to show to a future employee or employer. Um, it goes way deeper because for me, getting my degree no matter what it was like I could change my degree to so many other things that I would be happy with I could study criminal justice I could study public administration shit I could study finance even though I probably wouldn't enjoy that um but there's so many different things and I think I I I believe that political science affiliates with me more deeply because it's something that I'm passionate about I'm not particularly a very politically educated person, like street smart politically, but that's why I'm studying it. I'm studying political science because it fascinates me and I want to know. And I feel like my whole life I have, and this is me kind of diving the topic into why I picked political science, um, but I feel like my whole life I've just been so passionate about our world, our society, our community, why things happen, why are things the way that they are, especially growing up in a family that didn't have a lot of money, um, in a family that had very conservative views. Um, my family was very, um, they, we were, they were pro-life and they would base who they vote voted for based on, you know, whether they were pro-life or pro-choice. And so my family, like politics were, was a very big topic growing up. And I always just felt completely alienated or just uneducated. And every time as I grew older and started to kind of understand some of these concepts more, especially when it came to like more social justice issues, um, especially like, you know, the 2016 presidential election, and having conversations with other people and having them shut me down and literally feel stupid. Like this is something that I'm so passionate about yet. I can't even argue it with this person or defend myself. And obviously we know that like having an argument or trying to defend your political stance to somebody does little to no, you know, it doesn't really do anything um, depending on how, you know, the person, what you're talking about, whatever. Um, but just walking away from a conversation and just feeling uneducated about politics. Um, I feel like that's why I chose political science because looking, 
choosing it wasn't me saying, this is something I'm really passionate or this is something that I'm really educated on. So I'm going to study it more to get even more educated on. It was more like, this is something that I am not educated on. And to be honest, I don't know the first thing about the political science or politics or the political system in America, but I want to. And that's why I'm going to study it. And I feel like it's not go- that itself is not going to make me a fucking fantastic political scientist. It's not going to make me an amazing lawyer. It's not going to make me a good lobbyist or whatever. But it's going to give me that motivation because for someone to spend their money and their energy on an education, there has to be a deeper motivation if you're going to be investing as much as people like me or somebody that doesn't really have that that parental um, guidance or support Um, not saying that they don't have that motivation but it is easier to kind of go through the motions with just kind of like a surface level motivation which is totally okay we're all just trying to make it out here no judgment Um, but for somebody to truly invest that much, I think there needs to be something a little bit more personal. Um, and then just to kind of wrap it up, that is why taking a gap year for me was beneficial. And I can see that so clearly now, because at that point I had no idea that that taking, that I was taking a gap year in the first place. I didn't even think I would go to college. Um, And even now, like, shit, I don't have my degree yet. I'm over here talking like I do. And I don't. I'm literally in the motions. But with the time being Christmas Eve and it's about to be the new year, 2023, um, I don't know when this episode's going to be released. So you might be listening to this a long time after I'm recording, which is totally fine. I think all the facts are still relevant. Um, But... I don't know. I just think it's really cool that it all kind of wrapped up in that way in the sense that I needed to take that time to truly figure out what it was that I wanted in life and why I wanted it wanted it in life. And once I achieved it, how will that benefit my life? And not in any sort of material way, but purely emotional and purely in a psychological way. Because my parents did not give me a proper education. At least that's how I that's how I perceive it. I was homeschooled a lot in my life. Homeschooling was not structured at all. Um, and the high school I went to was just that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, I'm grateful for the education that I did have. I did learn a lot, but I you know, I, there are times where I feel completely clueless and a lot of people who just went through the general public school system, I feel like they're way smarter than me. And that's just kind of like a, an insecurity of mine that I might not ever grow out of. Um, but the fact that my parents couldn't provide that for me, but now I can provide that for myself (sighs) at almost 21 years old. When you hear this episode, I will be 21 (laughs) or 22 if it's all a year later, which I doubt. But I don't know. I just think that as the new year is rolling by and 
I, as the new year comes, I don't like to sit there and be like, how am I going to plan 2023 or how am I going to plan this new year? Instead, I more so like to, cause I, like I said before, I don't like to plan too far ahead because I don't like disappointing myself. So sometimes I just like take it day by day. <laughs> um, but I like to reflect back and see how far I've gone and see how I've grown and developed as a student, as a colleague, an employee, as um, a family member, as a friend, um, as a student. I don't know if I said that yet. <laughs> there's a lot of things that I, as a woman, I there's so many things that I feel like I have grown in this last year. And education has been one of the number one things that have been a motivation in my life and that have pushed me. And even with the promotion that I got at work, I literally would not have gotten that promotion if it was not for my big fat ego (laughs) pushing myself and pushing the people around me and and not in a, not in, that sounds bad, but like in the sense that I constantly over and over and over showed people and proved to people that I'm fucking worth it and that I'm, I'm worth this company investing into me or just, you know, so many other aspects of just like in a more deeper personal way of saying like, I know that I might not exactly have the street smarts or the, the education smarts or whatever you call it, but I have the drive and I know that I'm worth whatever it is that I'm asking for. So I feel like if I do go to law school, that will be why I go to law school. It will not be because I got a fantastic LSAT score. It will not be because I have the most fantabulous reference letters. It will not be because um, I'm super smart or if I pass the bar, it's not going to be because like I stayed up all night studying. I mean, that's definitely that's like kind of required in order for you to pass the bar. Um, But it will be because of this life experience, because I know how to stick up for myself. I know how to make things happen. I'm saying all this nervously because sometimes it feels like I don't, but we're about manifesting fingers crossed. Um, But yeah, you guys get it. I, if I go through this, these motions and I'm able to achieve all of it, it's because of something way deeper, a more deeper, a more deep emotional motivation. And I see that in the people around me. I see that in my colleagues. I see that in my friends, the people in my life that are very successful. And I'm very happy and I'm very grateful to be a part of that and to see people experience that and to see it experienced within my own life. So yeah. That's like the little story on my education and the little emotional aspects of it (laughs) and the reality of it. It's not easy. Um, I'm not super smart. I've had people confront me to talk about super complex political things and I will literally shut down (laughs) as I nervously laugh. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it's fucking cool. And I hope that you guys learned a little bit from this. So this episode's getting a little bit lengthy. So I will wrap it up um, with a gratitude prompt. Sometimes in solo episodes, I forgot to do these because with Margaret, 
it's easy for us to remind each other, but I just want to close out with a little gratitude prompt um, because it is Christmas Eve, the day that I'm recording. Hopefully you guys don't listen to this too late or later on. Um, I am very grateful for the holidays and the holidays have always been a very special time for me. They can be a little bit traumatic. We all have Christmas trauma <laughs> and my birthday is on the 27th of December and birthdays also have trauma. We all know that. <laughs> Collectively, we can agree. Um, but I'm very grateful for the Christmas season. I'm grateful for Christmas music. I'm grateful to have time to relax, eat good food not feel guilty about eating a lot of food, (laughs) Um, desserts, all of it. You guys get it. We love Christmas. We love the holidays. So that's what I'm grateful for. And last but not least, I'm grateful for school and I'm grateful for myself for making shit happen. We believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things. Wherever you are, if you are able, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out, and reflect on something that you are grateful for today. We are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today, and we hope you have a beautiful week. If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at unrefinedwomanpodcasts. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye.